The phone lines, look at that, already open magically. Took them off hold, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And that is how you get a hold of Lior and myself for the uh, remainder of this hour till around 10 to 8. Your questions about work, your workplace, severance, being let go, being part of a workplace, uh, you know, mat leave, anything under the uh, the wide umbrella of employment that we've covered for the last almost eight years here is what you uh, have questions about. Bring them on. It's uh, Don't be bashful. We're here for this hour, and the whole purpose of it is for you to call in and ask your questions. Email help at employmenthour.com. Lots to get through, including you can't always be legally fired if your severance is paid. An employee can be let go for the following reasons. We'll get to that. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Cannot be let go. So the, these might surprise you, but for first, pal, we always get to a couple uh, a couple things happening on your plate as far as the week that was. Uh, what's going on with you? Hey, John. Uh, it's uh, great to be here. Great to be back. Great to be talking about uh, what we like to talk about on this show, employment law and workplace rights, everything in between. So if you have a, a workplace situation, a workplace problem, a dilemma, uh, something didn't go right, then no problem. Uh, we can solve that issue. We can fix it. Call us right now on the show. Take advantage of the fact that we're here to answer those questions and to help you out in those difficult situations. There's no such thing is a bad question. There's no such thing as a silly question. All questions are good. We welcome them. We want to answer them. And not only do I want to help you by asking me a question and giving me the opportunity to answer that question, you'll be helping a lot of other people that are listening right now because I assure you, others are worrying about the same things. Losing your job, changes to the terms of employment. Maybe you're on disability. Call us. Let's talk about it. But week there was to get us focused, a couple situations that came across my desk very recently. So, John, we We've, talked, we've spoken before about uh, being on probation, and, and I've told you that the only time you're really on probation is if you've signed an employment agreement that says you're on probation, right. and if that employment agreement allows the company to let you go during that period. Uh, otherwise, there's no such thing as automatic probation. But here's a situation that came across my desk uh, uh, just, uh, just before the weekend, last Friday where uh, someone that uh, supposedly was on probation was still not treated properly. So this person started a new job, had an employment agreement, foolproof employment agreement, said you're on probation uh, for the first three months. During those three months, we can let you go at any time for any reason. No problem. Signed it. Started working four days into it. Oh, gets my God. Called into, yeah, exactly. Gets called into a meeting and told, now I'm working out. Sorry, you're gone. Uh, and, you know, walked out. And she calls me, uh, very <laughs> upset as as one would be. Shocked, after, yeah. uh, Shocked, upset, and uh, you know, actually emotional as well. So here's the thing, John. Being on probation, the reason you're on probation is because the company should be given a reasonable period of time to assess your suitability. Mm-hmm. They have a right to, to figure out whether you, you fit in. They have a right to figure out whether or not you could do the job, and that's fine. But they have a duty of, of good faith. They have to do that in good faith. They can't just randomly and arbitrarily say, we're going to take advantage of the fact you're on probation to let you go just because. Wow. Now, there's no way, there's no way that after four days, unless she did something awful, they can really assess her suitability. It's not possible. Even if she wasn't necessarily doing a great job, it's four days into a brand new job. She should be given an opportunity to properly huh. uh, do her job. So what do I say here? I say that even though they had a contract, even though it said she's on probation, they, the employer didn't act in good faith. They didn't give her a real opportunity. They didn't properly assess 
her ability to do that job. You can't do that after four days. So I am going to work with her. I am going to get her some compensation. And I wanted to remind everyone out there, employees and employers, if you're starting a job, you're on probation, the company still has to assess you in good faith. They can't be arbitrary. They can't be random. They can be unreasonable. If they are, despite the fact you're on probation, if you lose your job, you may still have termination entitlements, John. So they can't hide under this this uh, this agreement saying, yeah, you've been here three hours. Already we know you're no good, so we don't know anything. Out you go. They would really have to show that yeah. despite the short period of time, they were absolutely able to properly assess it. And then, like I said, if someone does something really bad, they come into work a uh, half hour late every day and they leave a uh, half hour early and they're doing a terrible job, yeah, maybe, okay. But if someone is you know, trying to figure things out and, and doing what they can, I don't think you can assess them that quickly. You have to give them an opportunity. Otherwise, you're not acting in good faith and the person is going to be owed some entitlements. And uh, the number, by the way, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. If you have questions about this or concerns uh, of your own, bring them on. We're here to uh, talk to you for the remainder of the uh, the show time till around 10 day. What else, uh, what else you got going on? So on a recent show, John, you and I spoke about the duty to accommodate based on family status. And that happens when you have a family need that impacts yep. on your ability to mm-hmm. work. In that situation, a company has to accommodate you. Maybe that means different hours, different shifts, flexibility, etc. because you have those family responsibilities. Well, I had a, just earlier this week uh, the perfect example of that. I had a, a gentleman contacted me, uh, and his uh, father, who uh, had Alzheimer's, recently uh, broke his hip as well. A uh, very difficult situation. And he needed some time off work to care for his father. His only child uh, really didn't have any other family members. And he was hoping that, you know, for, for a number of weeks, he can be there with his father, at least while, while his father, uh, you know, gets past the, uh, the, the broken hip, hopefully he has the surgery and gets back on his feet, literally. So he contacted his employer and he said, I need to be off for the next number of weeks to care for my father. And, you know, this person was in a senior position, but the company responded at saying, well, we, we feel really bad for, for you and your father. That's terrible. Right. But but we can't do that because we need you at the job and, and you leaving is going to cause too much of a problem. So, unfortunately, you're going to have to make other arrangements. Uh, he did try. But he contacted me when he wasn't able to, and he said, what do I do here? I have my father, he has Alzheimer's, he has a broken hip, I need to take care of him. My company is essentially saying, too bad, you got to work. So here's the thing, John. You actually have two sources uh, of entitlements when it comes to being off work for family reasons. The first is actually the Employment Standards Act. It's a okay. statute that allows you to take family caregiver leave for eight weeks. So you're allowed to be off work unpaid uh, for eight weeks if you have a family that you need to, a family member that you need to take care of and Got your it. job is protected during that period of time. They can't fire you. They can't refuse to give you that leave. Number one. The second source is the human rights code. You have to be accommodated based on family status, as I said before. So he's in a, a parent and child relationship, of course, with, uh, with his father. He has a right to care for his father and his employer under the human rights code has to accommodate him. They, so they really, really screwed up on both fronts. They've breached the Employment Standards Act. They've breached the human rights code. What they've done is illegal full stop no no questions about it so i'm gonna right. help them deal with that my hope is with a little kind of nudge from me they'll figure out that what they've done is improper and they'll just back off 
and let him take that leave. If they don't, this person can be entitled to significant compensations. And I wanted to remind our listeners that if you do have a, a family uh, responsibility that you have to take care of, maybe it's your, your child, maybe it's a parent, your employer in many situations, in most situations, has to accommodate you, has to allow you time off. If they don't, if they don't give you that flexibility, that could be illegal. You really want to reach out to me if that happens. And, I, you know, on the employer side, I guess it would be good advice that before you pull the trigger on any of these sort of things, get some legal advice because now potentially if they don't back off and you, you, know, you ring their bell, it's going to cost them. It is. And I am surprised often, even with large employers, that they don't get right. that advice. They assume that they know, and often they, they don't. They, they, know, they know what they know is incorrect. They should get advice. Often they don't. But if you're listening to us right now, if you're an employer, you're an HR person, you're a business owner, you know you have to get advice when you're dealing with these employee issues. If you don't, you may find yourself on the wrong side of the law. 416-870-6400 and star 640 on cell 1-888-225-TALK. That is toll-free. We also uh, cater to emails as well. So if you're thinking of uh, sending one of those along, we'd uh, we'd love to hear from you. Help at employmenthour.com is the way to go. So you can't always be legally fired, even if severance is paid. An employee cannot be let go, dot, dot, dot. We're going to get through some of these. This is a really interesting list. Well, you know, one of the main themes when it comes to termination of employment, we talk about this all the time, is the idea that you, generally speaking, can be let go at any time Right. As long as you get paid severance. And yes. those are things that I say often on the show, and I say it even more often when I speak to individuals at, at the office. Oftentimes people call me and they're very upset that they've been let go. And I have to tell them, you know what? You're allowed. They're allowed to let you go, but they have mm-hmm. to pay you severance. But there are exceptions. There's a number of very, very important situations where you cannot be let go irrespective of severance. It would be illegal. It would be improper. So we want to talk about some of those situations where even apart from severance, if you ever find yourself let go, what your employer is doing is absolutely illegal. This first one off the top as we get into it here uh, seems like, as they would say, a no-brainer, but apparently it's not. And one of those is when the employee suffers or may be suffering from a disability. You cannot be let go because you have a medical condition, because you have a medical limitation, because you need to take time off work to get better. You cannot be let go. And I understand the frustration for an employer. I really do. They need people that can do the job. Get it. That said, they could still not fire or even penalize in any way someone because of their disability, because of their medical condition. And you're right. It should go without saying but I can't tell you how many times I see this exact situation employers not doing what they're supposed to and pulling the trigger on a termination when they're not allowed. So the law is clear. You have this dome of protection around you. If you have a disability, you have a right to take time off as long as you need to. Whether it's a week, a month, two years, you can be off work. Your employer cannot punish you, cannot fire you, cannot do anything. And if they do, it's a human rights violation, can be a violation of the Employment Standards Act. It's going to cost the employer big time. 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Let me uh, let's slide Ryan in here before the break. Hey, Ryan, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in tonight. How are you, pal? I'm good. How are you, gentlemen, doing? Good, brother. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Uh, so I've been employed with uh, this company for about nine years, a mm-hmm. basic uh, operator's job at a, a production facility. And uh, they've recently posted a job for a, uh, a mechanic position. So you'd be, you know, training to be a millwright, an apprentice position. Um, I haven't been pulled in for an interview yet, but 
in the case that I do, rumor has it from some people that have uh, been talking that if you've been offered the job, they tell you that you have to take a pay cut because the entry-level mechanics make less than offer. I'm wondering if they can even do that. Do they like a, It's a promotion, but you're going to take away my pay? Well, here's the thing. If they say, we've decided you're taking this other job, no, they can't do that. But if you ask for the job, they can say, hey, if you want this job, that job comes with less money. They, that they can do. So they can't impose the new job on you, but they can tell you that if you want to apply and you want to take this job, no problem. But if you decide to do that, that comes with uh, a pay cut. That they would be allowed to do. Oh, I, I, I wasn't sure if they could do that or not. All right, then. Ryan, appreciate that. Uh, appreciate the call, and that's uh, it's a good question too. You're just wondering, hey, can they do this or not? But no, it's it's a new job, so you're applying for something different. I guess it would be right. Yeah, yeah as long as it's it's something that the person chooses to do. So you have an option. Here's a job that's yeah. available to you. It pays less. You don't want it. Obviously, you don't have to apply for it. But if you want it, it comes with that pay rate, and that's fine. That's your decision. You have the ability, the power to make that decision. They couldn't. The company couldn't say we're putting you in a different role in a lower paying job. If they did that, that's illegal, that's a constructive dismissal, and the person would be owed their severance. Nice. Taking a first break, right back at it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That's toll-free. Employment Hour, Global News Radio. Phone calls always top priority. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Jay, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Hey, how are you doing, guys? Good, Jay. What's, uh, what's up with you, pal? Uh, nothing. Um, I guess I just recently got terminated a couple of days ago from my company um, after working for about four and a half years. Uh, they gave me a severance package of, of about 14 weeks. Um, I went on your calculator and it told me that I might be entitled to six to eight months. Um, mm-hmm. But besides that, I was my uh, more specifically, I was wondering if... Um, do any um, past kind of performance reviews or performance imp- improvement plans affect the severance package? And if I reach out to your firm in negotiations for uh, to, to challenge the severance, does that impact, um, uh, I, 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 I guess, the, the severance offer? Great, great questions. Yeah. Uh, terrific questions, actually, Jay. Yeah. I really am happy that you've asked those questions because I, I assure you a lot of people that are in that situation are wondering the same thing. So let, yeah. let's, let's tackle both of those questions. First question about uh, performance uh, plans and performance uh, uh, issues. So even in situations where you may have had bad performance or performance reviews that weren't good or you put on a performance improvement plan, no, it does not change, not by one cent, the amount of severance that you're owed. Uh, unless you did something horrible like stealing or fraud or sexual assault, then you're owed your full severance. There's no such thing as, well, he wasn't as good, so we're going to give him less severance. By the same token, even if you were uh, the best employee, it doesn't mean you get more severance. Severance is based on a number of factors, your age, the type of job that you have, and the length of your employment. And certainly, after four and a half years, you would be owed probably six months or north of six months pay. Now, to your to your second question, uh, if you're owed more, if you're owed six months pay, let's say, that that's double essentially what they've offered you. So yeah. you don't need to worry about that offer because that offer is less uh, so that offer is not going anywhere. It's not a question of that offer. It's a question of how much can we improve it. You're not going to lose that offer. It's like if I owe you $100 and I say, well, hey, how about I pay you 50 
you'll probably say to me, thanks, but no thanks, pay me the 100 that you owe me, right? So right. it's the same thing with severance. You have nothing to worry about. It starts by us having a conversation, obviously, off air. I want to see the termination letter. I want to see a copy of your employment agreement if you have it. And if, we, yes, we conclude that you're owed the six months or seven or eight months pay, it's not going to be difficult to get it. It should resolve very quickly and on good terms. Right. And just one thing additionally, even if they outline in the termination agreement that I only have maybe seven days to respond in order to mm-hmm. get that um, additional severance, uh, I'm assuming that does not apply either. Another terrific question, and you're, and, and we deal with this often on the show, your legal rights don't expire Friday at 5 or whatever the date is. You have two years to pursue those rights. So no, that is something that employer uses as a pressure tactic because they want someone to feel, holy cow, we better accept it or we're going to lose something. No, it's it's the same thing as I said before. If they owe you double, that dead, deadline is meaningless. Nothing happens that... that your your rights don't expire for a full two years, so you have my permission and my blessing to to and my encouragement to disregard it completely. Okay, great. Well, I've already reached out to um, one of your uh, employment Perfect. lawyers on your team. I have a I have a consultation tomorrow, so I just wanted to, just to confirm kind of today and to speak to you personally. We'll, we'll we'll take care of it. I promise. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate that phenomenal call and some good information. You should call back every week. You ask fantastic questions. You could do the entire show for us. Jay, you're hired. Uh, I'll get to Janice. Janice, thanks for hanging on, my dear. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We are great. What's your question? So I actually um, have a question. I'm actually in the process of um, uh, a suit against my employer. I was let go after being an employee for almost 10 years without cause. Um, I went to severance pay calculator and total like did the on the website mm-hmm. and they were only offering me 17 weeks according to the website I should be getting eight to ten months so right. I did retain a law firm however it's been almost a year Ooh. and I'm so- still fighting back and forth and the most they're willing to give me on top of what they gave me by the ESA is six weeks so, Janice, you know, if, if you don't mind, I have a, a question, really out of curiosity. If, yeah. if you went to the severance calculator and you saw how much you're owed, why did you go to another law firm? Well, you know what? I put, I did, I, I actually, before I heard of severance pay calculator, right, I, I had already it. reached out to somebody. And I've already spoken to Andrew at your firm a couple of months ago. Okay. Um, because I, my, my lawyer wasn't getting them to budge. And then my lawyer left and gave me a new lawyer, and I feel like I'm in limbo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, my, I guess my question is, is this like a normal thing? No. Unless oh you have God. an exceptionally difficult case where with 15 moving parts, uh, the average time is anywhere from three, mo- three weeks to three months, okay? Uh, okay. It, it, it's 97% of cases, 95% of cases are going to resolve between three weeks and three months, okay? And if, if you've been a year and nothing's happened, I'm telling you right now, you need to speak with another lawyer. If you don't want to speak to my firm, that's fine. Speak to someone else. But you need to speak with another lawyer. You need to retain another lawyer, especially if your lawyer is not being responsive and you feel like you've been bounced around. You need answers. There's no reason right. if you have a, a wrongful dismissal case, which is not a complicated type of case, for it to be going on for that long. 95% of matters should resolve within weeks to up to three months. Uh, and if your case is not going anywhere, you, you, you can't wait. You, you know, it's money that you're owed. Uh, at the very least, if you've spoken with Andrew at my, my, my firm, Andrew is fan. 
fantastic. He is tremendous. So I can reach out to him. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you can, oh. and, and you can even tell him you and I spoke on air, uh, and we'd be happy to talk to you in more detail about your specific situation. Janice, fantastic call. Appreciate that, and do uh, do reach out. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. That's exactly how it works, night in, night out on the show. Get some answers and get them quickly. Feel free to call in. would love to talk to you. Uh, well, hey, Steve, thanks for uh, hanging on this evening. How's your Wednesday? Not much about yourself. Good, pal. What's uh, What's going on? Okay, so it's um, a company that I was working for for many years, uh, considered a contractor, um, was bought out by a second company for the last five years or so, considered a contractor. Uh, One of the contractors looked into it, and the labor board has ruled that we were not contractors. But what I want to know is how far back severance would be calculated. Is it from the time that the new company took over or from the previous company? It would be the previous company because guess what? In the eyes of the law, you would have been considered an employee the whole time. So once the company, the new company, bought this uh, other company, they inherited your service. So on day one, you already had all the years that you had with the previous company, which means if and when this company ever lets you go, they're going to have to pay you severance based on total years. Now, how many years is that total? 27. Wow. So you'd be looking, if, if you are let go at around two years pay, 24 months pay, is that something you're concerned that they're going to be letting you go? Uh, no. No, not at all. It's just, uh, it, I'm, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm concerned with some changes that may be coming to my position mm-hmm. there. So if it's looking at being a constructive dismissal, right. looking at how much I can get instead of bothering to fight for the position. I get it completely, and, and you, it's a very good point. If your job changes, your position, your responsibilities, uh, etc., any of those things could be a constructive dismissal, and, and yes, you would be looking at two years' pay given all your years of, of service, so you're a 27-year guy, and you're going to have to be compensated. If anything happens, you know what to do. you got to reach out to me. Very good. Thank you very much. Thanks, Steve. Uh, pretty wise getting uh, getting ahead of that for sure. Uh, that number, by the way, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. It is help at employmenthour dot com. But for the remainder of this hour, as you well know, one triple eight two two five talk toll free or four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. That is to get your uh, get your answers happening right here, right now on the air. Bob, thank you uh, for hanging on as well. Good evening. Great. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. I'm actually uh, calling for myself and another uh, co-worker of mine. Uh, we've been contractors in sales for now just about 20. My my partner or co-worker, about 25 years. And over the years, about 10 years ago, the, the company that we were contracting for got bought out by another company. And um, that company kind of pushed us into contracts uh, and you know when you're uh, when you're employed when you're working for somebody for so long and they push you into a contract you, you have no choice to sign it well at least you feel like you have no choice to sign it so um, the question I have is um, me and, and a little bit him we do represent other companies as well however the majority of income because we're uh, independent do come from this one company. So if they decide to, you know, not renew the contract or try to get rid of us, um, do we have any recourse? So, Bob, how long have you worked with this with particular company? How long has it been now? Twenty. Uh, with the, the the well, altogether, uh, 
20 years approximately, but with this new company, 10 years. And when did you sign the contract? Was it 10 years ago when you started with them or more recently? Uh, uh, well, we had, a, we had a contract every three, three to five years, so just three years ago. With okay. the, I have a contract in it, and you can extend it for another two years if you both agree. So, so you've signed several contracts with this company over the 10 years that you've been with them specifically? Correct. Correct. So here's the thing. There, it's one of two scenarios. Either you are in the eyes of the law an employee, given all the years that you've been with them, uh, in, 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 you know, including the years of the previous company, so 20 plus years, or maybe, perhaps, you could be what we call a dependent contractor. You are certainly not an independent contractor. That's not even debatable. You may be a dependent contract, which means if you're an employee, first of all, yes, if, if they decide to part ways, they're going to have to pay you severance. You could be looking as much as two years pay. But you could have significant entitlements even if you are a dependent contractor. Now, if you are a dependent contractor, I'd want to see the, the contract that you signed. I want to see what it says. I want to find out a bit more about your role and your, and your responsibility and the relationship with the company. But even in that situation, you could be owed potentially as much as an employee. Either way, I do not see any scenario where they can end the relationship with you without compensation. So if you want, we can have that discussion now or obviously off air you can contact me and we have that discussion mm -hmm. or if you want we can have that when it becomes more more relevant to you i.e if they've decided that they're going to make a change either way we should sit down and have that discussion uh and i can once once i know a bit more and we sit down and talk i'll tell you for sure yes you're an employee or maybe you're a dependent contractor and exactly what you would be owed yeah now does this is also the rules also apply for somebody for example that is a an independent uh, for the company, but they don't live in Canada. He's an American citizen. Yeah, it, 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 if they, are they working here in uh, in Canada? Their customer base is in the U.S., but they represent the company in Canada. The customer base is in the U.S., and they're physically located in the U.S. Yes. Then no, in that situation, no. It would be uh, the U.S. laws that apply, not not Canadian laws. Okay. You have to be be working here physically. Uh, for for Canadian laws to apply to you. Understood. Great. Thanks. I've got your guy's name and uh, the need uh, the need curse. I'll give you guys a call. Sounds good. Wisely done, Bob. Appreciate that, and appreciate everyone's phone calls so far tonight. We still got uh, we still got time. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell, and one triple eight two two five talk toll free. This is like an encyclopedia of employment law tonight. I can't believe these phone calls are bang on every one of them. Every one of them. Eh Every one of them deals with the main topics we always cover on the show, termination, severance, constructive dismissal, employee versus independent contractors, deadlines on severance offers, all those yeah. things. Very yeah. good calls. And that's the reason, why, John, when we talk about these topics, they're relevant. People have to deal with them all the time. So hopefully by, by answering some of those questions, we've informed and educated a lot of people that may find themselves in exactly those situations. Getting back to a couple more calls here in a moment, but in the meantime, as we get them lined up, uh, the topic was you can't always be legally fired even if severance is paid. An employee cannot be let go when the employee demands payment for outstanding vacation pay or overtime or holiday pay for that matter, right? So you believe maybe you wrote overtime. Maybe the company got it wrong, miscalculated, or maybe they didn't pay your vacation properly, uh, right. or maybe your statutory holiday pay, you didn't get it or it wasn't calculated properly. So what do you do? You go talk to the company and say, hey, what gives? Uh, you need to pay me my, my overtime. 
Well, guess what? What they cannot do in response to you doing that is they cannot let you go. They cannot fire you. They cannot uh, dismiss you with or without cause. None of that. Once you've asked for your legal entitlements, you have this dome of protection around you. For them to try to punish you is, call, is called a reprisal. It's mm-hmm. illegal. So you're, if you're an employee that's standing up for their rights, demanding their rights, asking about their rights, you cannot be punished, penalized, terminated in any way. And if they do, that is illegal. That is going to come with significant consequences, consequences to the company. If that happens, you got to get on the phone and call me. Again, even when severance is paid, you cannot be let go when the employee is working under a fixed-term contract. Well, you can be let go, but it's going to be darn costly. If you're going to, if you're let go and you're on a fixed term, the company has to pay you the balance of the contract. So different rules apply. The company can't say, "Hey, you're on a fixed term contract, but you've only worked here for a little while, so we don't have, we can just let you go for whatever reason in any way." No, if you're on a fixed term contract, whether it's for six months, a year, or five years, on a fixed term, if the company lets you go. They'll have to pay you the balance of the contract. So I'll use an example, but it's, it sounds extreme, but I've seen it happen. Let's say you work for a company on a five-year contract, and you work there for three months, and they say, you know, I want to let you go. No problem. They'll have to pay you the balance of the five years' pay. So yes, you can be let go if you're on a fixed-term contract, but different rules apply. The company is going to have to pay you the balance of the contract, which could be a significant amount, John. Let's get to uh, to Bill. Hey, Bill. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. How are you? Good. You? Good, sir. What's uh, what's going on? Uh, my wife's a nurse. Um, she's been fully employed for thirty years. Um, the last hospital she was at for about fifteen years. Um, back in the spring, she was um, caught with a technicality on a breach of confidentiality. Um, so she was basically told that. There would be a permanent black mark on her record um, with the College of Physicians, or she could take a package. Um, now, the package was five months, um, so she's at that stage, again, being 30 years employed, she's at that stage that she decided to take the package. Um, I'm just curious, like, is there any recourse on that? Being she unionized? Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. So if she's unionized, really the only recourse is to, for the union to file a grievance. There's no other options or anything that she can do outside of the union. Uh, and again, depending on how big the breach is or how bad the breach was, maybe maybe there is recourse, maybe there's not. But the only one that can advise her, represent her, or do anything for her is the union. So she needs to go speak to the union ASAP and do what the union says ultimately. Bill, appreciate uh, your call. That's that's where that one ends. Unfortunately, she's a union employee. Dean, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Hi, um, I, I recently split with my uh, with my ex. I was a dependent contractor for about seven years with her. She was the designer. I was the contractor. Um, we did um, like six figure landscape projects. Uh, when we separated, I was cut off um, basically with nothing. Right. And I just wonder, is there a statute of limitations on uh, going after her as a dependent contractor? Uh, the statute of limitation is two years. So two years from whenever this happened. How long ago did this happen? Uh, so it's about two, uh, two and a half years. Well. So um, unfortunately, my friend, uh, you're out of time. I know it. it, it terrible to hear this but uh there's a two-year limitation period it's a strict two years so even two years in a day would be too late 
Yeah, well, that's great. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks, Dean. Appreciate the call. Anything else you want to uh, contact Lior on? No problem, or anybody for that matter. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the way, and it is help at employmenthour.com. You know, it's one of those things, and this and that two year mark is usually the window as far as time is concerned with with most things under the employment banner and coincidentally with with disability which savan does on the other half of the firm too that two year is, a, is an important number for people to remember right it really is and and oh. two years is a long time but if if you're not p- careful it can sneak up on you and, and every yeah. single week when you and i do this show we talk to people that have been let go more than two years ago and now they realize they've been owed a lot of money don't let that yeah. happen to you you lose your job make the call uh good evening len we still got a few minutes how are you pal I'm good, thank you. Thank you. Good. What's your, uh, your concern? Uh, it's a cousin of mine, and she's in a situation where a particular owner of a company has two branches of the company, and she works for both branches. So for six months, she'll work for one side, and then she's laid off, and then works for the other side for another five months, where she only works two days a week. Um, and gets different paychecks, obviously under different Ontario corporation numbers. The problem she has is, of course, she's had enough of this, and a lot of the clientele base that they've she's worked with, they want her to open her own company, and they're going to jump on board with her. So she has serious concerns that the owner would probably, of these two companies, will probably lose business, and once they find out that she's going to open up a business of similar nature, huh. that she could be sued um, for those, if those clients did she Did she sign a document that, that prohibits her from doing that, a non-competition uh, clause? No, not at all. She never signed one. Okay, well, the, the good news for her is if she did not sign a, a non-competition clause, she's not, there's nothing legally... Uh, permitting the company from interfering with her. She could do what, what she wants uh, as long as she's not hurting the company while she's there. So she can't be soliciting their business while she's working for them. So she shouldn't be saying, hey, guess what? While she's still getting paid by the company, saying, uh, uh, next uh, month I'm starting my own company. Here's what I'm going to do, and I want you to leave. She needs to do that after she leaves the company to, to try to solicit business. But as long as she did not sign any non-competition or non-solicitation uh, obligation, they can't really do anything to her. But I would be very, very careful with trying to do something that could hurt the company while she's still on their payroll. That would be a problem. That would be something that they could go after her. She needs to have clean hands while she's still working for the company. That's excellent. Uh, One other question in relation to that same situation. Would she be entitled to any severance if she said, I'm leaving the company because she doesn't want to work? Like It's coming up to the winter months, so she'll only work two days a week. It is not enough for her to carry their Mm -hmm. family. Yeah. Well, if if this is something that's been going on for a while and she's down, done it before, then unfortunately she can't do anything about it. Uh, if oh. this is something that they're doing for the first time, then can say, no, I'm not going to accept it. But she's probably by now considered to have accepted it because she's done it in the past. So in that situation, she would not be owed severance. Uh, Viola, we have literally one minute. If you want to ask your question quickly, go ahead. Yes, sure. Uh, it's more of just all the people that I'm listening to, um, listening about severance and what's yeah. happening. And just my my experience is more of a, um, to share to say that just fight for what you believe is your right in the sense that I was with a co- with a large bank for 23 years and I was offered a severance that I wasn't happy with. And I called Canadian Human Rights, the CHRC, to ask advice. And they told me, um, take what, what the bank is offering you. You're just huh. a little fish in the sea. And if you challenge them, they'll bring out their big guns and 
bottom line is I think employers are steering people into taking and settle for, for whatever they're offering. And I've heard a lot of people uh, mentioning that as well, where you're told, you know, you, the, the limited Take it or else, yeah. you, You're backed in a corner and you're like, okay, yep. fine, I'll do this. My case is a little worse because it wasn't so much the employer, what they were happy, offering me, I wasn't pleased. But when I get that type of answers from the Canadian Human Rights, and I, I said basically, like, if they're the people telling me that, then where, where, yeah. where are you going to get so, the help? So the, the problem, I guess, was that it probably wasn't a human rights issue. So it, it's probably not necessarily the right place to go to if you lose your job as a Canadian Human Rights because it has usually nothing to do with that. You need to get some legal advice, but you're absolutely right. These matters can and often do and most of the time resolve very quickly easily don't be scared to stand up for your right these are not complicated matters and if anyone tells you otherwise don't believe it trust me on that that'll do it for tonight thank you for all your phone calls some great stuff there we'll uh, we'll reconvene on the weekend and of course employment hour and 30 happens on global tv and ctv on your weekend mornings you want to reach out 1-855-821-5900 now that we're done and help at employmenthour.com stick around we're right back at on point is coming up next on global news radio